Hello and welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast. And we are in the book of Romans. We're rowing through Romans on our daily run. And we are in Romans chapter 14. And I came across something today I kind of like, so I thought I'd share this with you. Since as we've been doing the book of Romans every once in a while, I would go back and do a recap of what each chapter was about. And I don't want to do that today, but I came across uh, in John Corson's commentary this morning. Um, he talks about how the uh, the first part of the book of Romans, as we've talked, the chapters 1 through 11, is kind of like Christianity 101. And then this section is where he switches from the basics of the, the theology to the application, the applied Christianity 101. And so he says chapter 12 deals primarily with functioning in the body, you know, living as a Christian. Chapter 13 with functioning in society. And remember he talked about um, following the laws of the land, that type of thing. And so then he says chapter 14 deals with functioning in controversy particularly controversies within the church family. And I think that that's, um, I think that that's accurate. And as we read this, uh, we're going to see that uh, he talks about some things in chapter 14 that, you know, there's, there's those things that I think people misunderstand about, about the Bible or about Christianity. There's, there's some things I think that, that sometimes get glossed over. And one of those is that God knew ahead of time that there were going to be messes within the church. God knew ahead of time that, that, things were not going to be um, quite pristine and perfect. And sometimes I think Christians get that mixed up. And, and sometimes people that, that I've, you know, people that I know and people I've met and people actually this week that I've had conversations with that lament the church or have talked about how they're not a part of the church because, you know, the church, their people in the church act this way or that way. I had an online conversation uh, with somebody that was talking about how that they were living in their car and they had two dogs and they didn't know what they were going to do They're, You know, they had been living with a family member that um, they just couldn't stay with anymore and they didn't know what they were going to do. And, and one of the things that I asked them was, where's your, you know, where's your, um, your home church? What's your, where, where's your, do you have a home church? And the person said, no, I don't have a home church. Um, I've been moving around, you know, for years and, and I've been in this area for, you know, lately. And, and so my next question was, well, do you have a church in that area that you've been going to? Because um, what I found is in my own experience in, in church and in, uh, pastoring is that a lot of people come to churches asking for money. A lot of people come to churches asking for, for financial assistance. And some churches offer that and some churches just don't have, the money to do so. Uh, the church where I was pastoring most of the time, we didn't have money to pay our own bills. So we, um, we would oftentimes just go to our refrigerator, you know, church refrigerator and say, Hey, well, here's some food we have. Um, and what was interesting is how often people didn't want it. Um, how many times people said, Oh, I'm allergic to eggs. Oh, I'm allergic to that. I'm allergic to milk. I'm allergic to, I, I can't have any of that stuff, you know? And, but what they, what they weren't, what they wanted was money. And, a lot of times I'd tell them like, well, I, I don't have any money for you, but I can tell you where to go. And, um, and they would, you'd find out that they'd already been to those places. Um, they'd, they'd already, they knew all the places to go to get money. And so anyway, one thing that didn't happen, however, is this, when someone within our church had trouble, they were not, 
people within the church body would take care of them. It didn't even have to get to where somebody would come to church leadership and say, hey, these people need help. No, they would just help each other because that's what a church family does. And so that's what I was, I was trying to, to ask this person about. And I went on to say, you know, if you're not a part of a local church, if you've been living in that area for three months, well, find a, find a, a church and get involved. And when you show up, tell them, Hey, I've got two dogs. Is there a good place I can park my car during church? Because I don't have a place to put my dogs and they will probably help you. You know, but if you come in and you're just asking for money, you might not get the same res response or reception. And then the person went on to share a whole bunch of negative things about how people in church treat you, how pastors have treated her, and on and on and on. And really, it was one of those things where even when she wrote what they had said to her, it wasn't bad. It was they were sending her, you know, she said, I went to them and asked for money and they were pointing me someplace else. And I was trying to explain to her that, yeah, there's, there's a reason a lot of churches do that. It's because people go from church to church to church and take advantage of the generosity of the churches and the people that really need help end up missing out. So what a lot of towns do is the churches create uh, a central hub where they send everybody. And there's somebody that runs that and keeps track of who's given money and who uh, who comes in and how often. And that way they can get money to people that really need it and avoid you know, scammers. So anyway, this person went on to complain about, um, people in the church and, um, and that was kind of their reason why they're not a member of a church is because of all the people in the church that are jerky or don't do the things the way that they think they should be done. And what I think is really fascinating about that is how many times I've heard that and that people seem to have this idea that, the church is supposed to be filled with perfect people and the church is not filled with perfect people. The church is filled with broken people. The church is filled with um, immature believers. The church is filled with baby believers. You know, the church is filled with, with people that have messed up theology. The church is filled with people that are legalistic. The church is filled with people that are, uh, have li liberal thinking. There's also not every, the point being that not everybody has it together. The most of the people probably don't have it together. And what comes from that is this disappointment and dissatisfaction. And it becomes, it's a very judgmental thing, right? When you walk in, you say, all oh, these people don't meet my standards uh, as a Christian. And so I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And, and I, I find that really to be a fascinating thing, but really it's again, based on some goofed up theology. And so Romans 14 is talking about this thing, that there are controversies and there were controversies at the time in the Church of Rome that Paul is dealing with. And some of their controversies are different than ours, but I think there's some some basic important things to keep in mind. And one of those um, he's going to talk about, oh, a few verses down, is it, just this, that there's a, there's a commonality as far as why the people are there. And I think that's an important thing to remember when we're dealing with one another in the church. And it's one of those things I've seen often forgotten um, in times of controversy in the church. People become so passionate about their viewpoint that they attach it to salvation. They, they give it a greater meaning than it actually has, a greater weight than it actually has. Um, and I'm not talking about solid 
uh, subjects, topics that the Bible speaks, um, that scripture speaks clearly about. I'm not talking about things like, you know, fornication. I'm talking about fringe issues, things that come up that are, are cultural. You know, somebody on an online uh, Christian uh Facebook page the other day was asking about is it a sin to play this video game and they put the name of some video game that you know that I'd never heard of before and some people were saying no just flat out no and some people were saying yes some people were saying well it's very violent and very gory and and that's that's a fringe issue you know is this okay or is it not okay you know those type of things that come up that we don't say oh the Bible speaks clearly about this um, so anyway what tends to happen is people tend to take sides, and then what tends to happen is they allow that issue to divide the church. They allow that issue to divide them from other people. They allow that issue to make to be an excuse to put a wall up. They allow that issue to become a, an issue where they cast judgment upon other people. And so that's what we're going to talk about more as we go through Romans 14. And I don't even think I read verse 1. But we did it last time. So, hey, we're going to keep going through the book of Romans and Romans 14. And I'll try not to uh, jabber so much that I don't actually get to a verse next time. Um, but we make no promises. God bless you. Remember, show those people in your church grace, even the ones that you think like, man, what's wrong with them? <laughs> and uh, God bless you today.